Hello everyone, I'm Bob Main, and welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. A practical show done by a very practical guy, and that is me, because I don't go tin foil hat and get off into all kinds of crazy subjects, although sometimes I do believe in modern survivalism, and I talk about that on this show, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it uh, in this episode. Common sense stuff, though. Common sense. Yeah, This is not a political show. It's really not even a done by an industry insider or a professional gunsmith or a gun writer. None of that is me. I am just your everyday guy next door believing strongly in my Second Amendment rights and also self-defense and things like that. So I'm just sharing it with you. This week, I'm going to talk about secondary guns. And a listener brought this to my attention, and there's a listener that I have responsible for this subject matter. So, Luke, thank you. I'm going to talk about you coming up real soon. Just please remember to support this show. I am going to be talking about that a little bit later so I can continue to keep doing this. So, secondary guns. Let me get to that in a minute. But I recently got some real good feedback from some listeners lately in the form of email. If you want to email me, that is handgunworld at gmail.com. Handgunworld at gmail.com. And I got some real good listener feedback recently. Now, for those of you who subscribe to YouTube, I am putting some of this on YouTube right now. So I'll be uploading it. If you actually want to see some of the things that I'm showing in this uh, episode right now, go subscribe to my YouTube YouTube channel, uh, Handgun World. Just search me there. Get subscribed. Like this video. And so here we go. For those of you tuning in right now by YouTube, I'm talking about secondary guns here on the Handgun World Podcast on episode 620. I do want to get to another listener email first, though. Paul sends me an email, and he says, Bob, I've listened to your show for a short while, and you talk a lot about Shadow Systems guns. Here's a Shadow Systems gun that I really like. It's my favorite. Well, I came across one at a very good price. My question to you is, what holsters are you using? The good thing about most Shadow Systems guns, or all the Shadow Systems guns, is they fit into Glock holsters. So if you have a holster for, like for example, this is a Shadow Systems MR920. It'll fit into a Glock 19 holster. And I have a couple of different Kydex holsters, Paul. Uh, Concealment Solutions, they were a long-time sponsor. I use their uh, Cobra Outside the Waistband holster. I prefer carrying Outside the Waist in South Texas, here where I live. Not too many people. Even if I did print and even if people saw that I was carrying a gun, most of them don't really care too much. Matter of fact, a lot of them might appreciate it. How many of you have ever run into that? Um, You know, it's probably impossible to never get made when you're carrying a handgun. But 
if you live in a gun-friendly area like I do, sometimes they're going to they're gonna say, hey, you know what? Hey, sir, thank you for uh, doing what you do because, you know, you're helping to protect us. And, you know, they should be carrying a gun themselves, but for various reasons, sometimes they're not. Cobra outside the waistband holsters. Any inside the waistband holster that you use, Paul, for a Glock 19, for example, is probably going to work for your Shadow Systems MR920. That's the really cool thing. If I'm carrying appendix inside the waistband, I like to use a uh, Keeper's Concealment, a Keeper's Holster uh, by Keeper'sConcealment.com. Spencer Keepers, the founder, he's been a guest here. Spencer Keepers has also contributed a lot to my Patreon page. Several exclusive videos, one of them called Pure Shooting, which is really good. If you want to sharpen your shooting skills, become a Patreon member, support my show at the same time, and watch Spencer Keepers' video on Pure Shooting. It's very good. He's got a couple of others on there about his holsters. So this MR920, this fits in the Keeper's Holster made for a Glock 19. Paul, that was a good email. Thank you very much. Now, to the main topic matter. Luke. Luke just sent me an email. A nice one, a long one. I'm not going to cover all of it right now, but I am going to cover the most important parts. Luke says he's been a longtime listener on my show. Luke, I hope you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well and uh he basically is he gave me some positive feedback about my my positive attitude and the encouraging mindset i do have an encouraging mindset i'm a, a positive person folks i've grown up all my life being a positive person when i was a young kid i had i shouldn't say kid ha, 25 26 years old some of you listening might be 25 or 26 i don't know but so maybe I won't call it young kids, but I got a lot of good training when I was younger and it helped me form a much more positive, open-minded attitude. I've always been a firm believer that your mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's open. You got to have an open mind. If you're a closed-minded person, you're probably not going to be successful because here's what I've learned. Somebody is always better than you. Somebody always has another way that might help you become better. If you're not open-minded to new and refreshing ideas, it's going to be tough for you to be successful in anything you do. Uh, Luke also thanks me for my references to my faith. Yes, I am a Christian. Yes, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. I, I don't apologize for that whatsoever. Because I shouldn't apologize for that. Now, this is not a religious show, but I just want you to know that I'm a Christian. And so, sometimes I'm going to be talking about that because Jesus is my Lord and Savior and He's number one in my life. And when I am not here on this earth anymore, all I want to hear are seven words. And those seven words are, well done, my good and faithful servant. Anyway, Luke says what he's learned the hard way, it's about balance. Balancing preparedness without being paranoid. Ooh, is that a good one, huh? 
How many of you would agree with that? Balancing preparedness or modern survivalism without being paranoid. Now, I see all kinds of things when it comes to concealed carry. I see people, you know, putting on the Internet. Now, one of the things about the Internet is we have to remember that even though the Internet gives everyone a voice, it doesn't give everybody a brain. Think about that. Um, just so you know, in case you maybe didn't know that not everything on the Internet is true. People will get sometimes online and they will put a lot of paranoid stuff on there. And then when they get done putting all their paranoid stuff out there, they'll say something like, well, you know, I got a Glock 17 and I carry three extra magazines, three extra 17 round magazines on my person. And I've got another 200 rounds in my car and and I've got this and I've got that and they just start going on and on and sometimes they come across as being paranoid. Now, is there anything wrong with carrying a Glock 17 and three extra magazines? No, there's not. If you want to, go for it. Carry on. I'm all in favor of that. I want you to do to, to, to think about something though. If you are talking to other people about the Second Amendment, about concealed carry, about their God-given right to defend themselves. And they're kind of on the fence. They're not really sure how they feel about all this concealed carry stuff. Don't hit them with stuff like, well, I got a big, huge gun and I got three 17-round magazines on my belt and that's what you should do you're probably going to put them off. And the last thing that we want to do is we don't want to put people off. We want to bring people into the tent. Do we not? We want to bring people into the Second Amendment tent that's around us. We have power in numbers, folks. We have power in numbers. I've always believed that. I've said that for the 13 years that I've done my show. We have power in numbers. What I mean is the more of us out there that carry firearms, the more concealed carriers that we have, the more Second Amendment advocates that we have, the more powerful we're going to be, the more powerful our cause and our movement is going to be. Would you agree? I'm a professional salesperson. That's my regular job. This, this is just kind of like a side job for me. And there's power in numbers I've learned as a salesperson. 36 years now, I think. Uh, 30, almost 37 years I've been selling. And there's one thing that I've learned about being in sales. And this actually applies to life. The more activity that I do, the better I get and the luckier I get. The more activity. Uh, people say, well, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. You know, something like that. Well, I found that the luckier I get it's because of my activity. The more I do, the more chances I have to be successful. Now, I want to be good at what I do. It's not only a numbers game, but the numbers are part of it. You have to have the numbers. It's the same thing, I believe, with the Second Amendment community. I hope you'd agree. The more numbers we have, the more effective we're going to be. Now, we have to learn to be more effective uh, communicators and persuaders. 
uh, persuading people that the Second Amendment is important, that their self-defense is important, that to preserve a free people, to preserve a free society, we have to have a Second Amendment. That's why the Founding Fathers uh, put that in the Constitution. That's why it was ratified. So, let's get the numbers going. And when it comes to secondary guns, I want to get back on top on topic. Luke mentioned something about secondary guns and backup guns. And he says, what I mean is, sometimes we carry a larger than typical gun for protection against animals. Animals and other threats. In, like, in open terrain, for example, or when you're in the, the woods. He says, I find it convenient to have a secondary, smaller gun available when I get into camp or go into a grocery store, for example. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about secondary guns. Luke didn't bring this up in his email, but this is my Ruger LCP. LCP2, by the way, the 2 version. This is a fantastic pocket gun, and I put it into this DeSantis pocket holster, and I carry this as a secondary gun a lot. This is my secondary gun. This thing is, I think, one of the best little mouse guns, that's typically what they're called, that you can buy because of the trigger, because of the grip, because of the quality, because of usable sights on it, and everything. It's hard to go wrong with this as a secondary gun. A primary gun would be something like this Shadow Systems MR920 that I own. About the same size, in fact, the same size as a Glock 19. Another gun that I often carry is this SIG P365XL. This is the XL version. Luke goes on to say in his email, the need for handheld lights. It's also important as a secondary carry item, uh, a handheld light. Oh man, Luke, I'm so glad you brought this up. I'm so glad that you talked about flashlights, secondary lights, the need for handheld lights. Now, a lot of people like to have a weapons-mounted light. That's okay, but don't don't only rely on a weapons-mounted light. It shouldn't be the only type of light that you have. Luke goes on to say, frequently we need to identify an issue before we ever point a gun at it. That's so true. If you have a weapons-mounted light and you're using it to try to identify, well, guess what you're doing? You're pointing that gun at a person or something that may not need to have a gun pointed on them at that time. Uh, Luke says, what if it's a, a bump in the night and you think that there's danger in your house and it's a teenager going through the refrigerator trying to find something to eat? Do you want to identify the teenager by using your weapons-mounted light and pointing the whole gun and the light at the teenager? Why not have a handheld light like this or something similar? I have a Streamlight ProTac 2LX. Let me get my glasses here. Make sure that I'm reading that correctly. Yeah, it's a Streamlight ProTech 2L 
X. What a fantastic light. I think it's like 200 lumens or something like that. I always have this light. Always. No matter what I'm wearing, no matter where I'm going. I've been through TSA. I've been through airlines. I've been on flights with this light. Only once I've been asked, why do I have a flashlight? I joke around and say it's because I'm afraid of the dark. They usually laugh and move on. I've never had this taken away in any security place whatsoever. It is nothing but a flashlight. Could I use this as a striking weapon? Absolutely. Okay, but it's often good, like Luke says, I need to identify with a handheld light something before you start pointing a gun at it. One-handed manipulation, Luke talks about. If I were identify, if I were to identify, the biggest weakness in training, it regard, it's regarding gun handling. It would be the skill set to manipulate the weapon one-handed. Wow, what a good subject. Thank you very much. And this kind of does tie into secondary guns because this is a secondary method of gun handling. When Ben Branham and I were very active in teaching our classes that we called Beyond Concealed Carry, we had a, a class called Beyond Concealed Carry Advanced. In the advanced class, we did teach one-handed, one-handed manipulation. How to rack the slide off of your belt, by the way. If you have the right kind of sights, if you have the right kind of rear sights that have a good enough ledge, you can rack it off your belt. You can rack the slide using your holster, using your belt. Um, if there's a bench or a chair in front of you, we taught them how to run the slide and run the gun doing that even clearing malfunctions one-handed yes you can do that that's things that you need to learn now for those of you that are watching me on youtube right now um a little over 15 minutes has gone by and i like to try to keep these videos down to about 15 minutes so i'm going to invite you to subscribe to the audio version of this podcast handgunworld.com or anywhere you get podcasts wherever you get podcasts search for handgun world podcast get subscribed to my audio version you'll also notice this is for everybody go to handgunworld.com you can get email updates you can get email updates every time i post a new episode you can get an email notification furthermore uh, i have an eight-page article that i wrote it's a concealed carry guide. And I wrote an eight-page article on concealed carry tips and also giving you some ideas if you want to persuade somebody about the Second Amendment. You can get that free just by going to my website, handgunworld.com, and you'll see right there in the menu, subscribe to get my free concealed carry guide. It will automatically email you the PDF of my document read it tell me what you think i wrote it and uh it's all from a lot there's a lot of facts that i've researched and put in there my opinions also in there but check it out please like this video subscribe to my youtube channel as well please remember to give me some patreon support so i can keep making these videos and these audio podcasts i'm going to say goodbye to everybody that's watching me on youtube right now thank you 
So, everybody that's continuing to now watch um, and, uh, excuse me, listen to me on audio, let's get back to one-handed manipulation. Luke goes on to say that's one of the biggest weaknesses. And, oh, yes, it is. Uh, What if you have an arm that's injured? It's more likely you're going to be using the other hand for another task, or maybe it's injured, or maybe even your shooting arm is injured. So by the way, I'm right-handed, okay? I practice left-handed shooting a lot. In fact, when I go to a competition match and there's a stage where we have to shoot left-handed only, I do well. I do well because I practice it a lot. I practice shooting left-handed. I'm a right-handed person. So I practice shooting with my offhand or my weak hand. Why? What happens if for some reason my right hand and my right arm is compromised okay uh what if i am am shot in or i'm stabbed and then luke goes on to say also you could be guiding a family member or barricading a door with your other hand so let's say you're a right-handed person you might be pushing a family member out of the way you might be barricading a door opening a car door ben and i used to teach this as a matter of fact, what we did, we used to teach what happens if you got a family member with you and you want to remove that family member from danger, what do you do? And then you have to shoot the bad guy and stop the bad guy from attacking you because he's about to take the wife of or the life of you and maybe your wife or your husband or a significant other or a kid. All right? So these are all things that you got to think about. Have you practiced this? Have you, can you reload your gun one-handed? Can you run the slide one-handed? Can you reholster it back and put it into a safe state one-handed? Okay, Uh, Luke brings up a great point in this. And again, what about your secondary gun? Have you done this with your secondary gun also? You know, again, I just showed my P365. I practice, and by the way, I like these sights, the sights that SIG puts on the 365 series. They're also good for one-handed manipulations, but what's better for one-handed manipulations is the sights that Shadow Systems puts on their guns. Uh, On a Glock 19, I've got Trigicon HDs. Those are great. Those are great for one-handed manipulations because I can use those to rack the slide even if you have an optic if you've got a a good rugged tough high quality optic and here's a good reason why you need a high quality optic you can use that to assist you in one-handed manipulations also okay both hands should be practiced luke mentions both hands very good point and working up to including shooting Uh, So there's a lot going on in that, and I'm sure glad that, and Luke, thank you. Thank you. This was a great email. I I appreciate it very much because you really helped a great deal. And by the way, thank you to all the Patreon members. Um, I have several Patreon supporters right now. You're making this show possible. I cannot do this show unless I have some type of financial support. And for as little as $3 a month, you can support this show. And if you don't want to spend $3 a month, whenever you Amazon shop, whenever you buy something on Amazon, we all buy something on Amazon now, right? We all do it. 
Go to handgunworld.com first. Click my Amazon store. Pick one of those products that's in my store. Just pick one. You don't have to buy it, but just click through that link. And that's my Amazon affiliate link. And that will also help financially support the show. If you want to become a Shooters Club member, Ben Branham of the Modern Self-Protection and myself, we got about 10 years worth of material on there, about 90 episodes, I believe. There are audio podcasts, there are videos, there's videos from our training classes, and uh, I've got some videos on Patreon from some of our recent classes, but if you become a Shooters Club member for $8 a month, or 75 a year, you get access to, I mean, probably 100 hours of training. There's a lot of really good training on there. Podcasts, uh, guests who have interviewed with me, Roger Phillips, Glenn Tate, Spencer Keepers, Brent Yamamoto. They're all on the Shooters Club. They're, some of them are also on Patreon. Gabe Suarez has interviewed with me. He's also, there's, he contributed some material that's on my Patreon page, and we have it on the Shooters Club page. So, a couple of different ways that you can further educate yourself and support the Handgun World podcast at the same time. I'd appreciate that. Now, that's all the listener feedback I wanted to cover at this point, but I want to continue with secondary guns. The P365 series by SIG, the P365 series by SIG, I think are fantastic. Also, a Glock 42 is a fantastic secondary gun. But nothing better than, in my personal opinion, nothing better than my Ruger LCP2. My Ruger LCP2. It is a, I call this a no-excuse gun. Okay? Let me tell you what I, what I mean by a no-excuse gun. There's no excuse to not carry this gun. None. Period. There's no excuse. This removes all the excuses I may have or anybody might have in carrying a gun. Except for one time, and that is if you're in a place where it's illegal. If you're in a place where it's illegal to carry a gun, if it's a legitimate gun-free zone, I hate, I hate gun-free zones. I don't like them, but sometimes we're in a gun-free zone. Well, then you can't carry your gun. You just simply can't or you're breaking a law. And I don't advocate that. I don't advocate breaking a law. But if it's not a prohibited place for you to carry, why don't you have something like a Ruger LCP or a Smith & Wesson 642 snub-nose revolver, or one of the many, many good snub-nose revolvers out there. Why not? What You should. A Car P380, uh, something like that. A Smith & Wesson bodyguard. There's all kinds of micro 9 millimeters. Maybe some people would carry the 365 or the, or the Springfield Hellcat as a secondary gun. I don't know. Have something. Even if it's a little 22 that fits in your pocket, that's better than no secondary gun. Would you agree? It's better than nothing. Oftentimes, when a gun is actually presented, in other words, when somebody draws a gun out of their holster because they feel like their life is threatened, usually the whole situation ends right there. 
Now, am I saying that you should brandish guns? No, I'm not saying you should brandish your gun. That's also against the law in most places. What I am saying is, if you really feel like you're at the point where you are going to experience grave bodily harm or death or a loved one is in the same situation, sometimes when you just simply get that gun out, you don't even have to fire a shot. The bad guy oftentimes changes his mind. And to prove that, at the end of this episode, I want you to listen to the public service announcement that I play for you at the end of this episode. You listen to that and you come up with your own conclusion about whether you should have a gun and why you should have a secondary gun. Now, the topic I want to finish this episode with is Luke mentioned balance. Balance is so important. I often find myself getting out of balance. And Back in the day when I worked for Tom Hopkins, he used to talk a lot about balance, and he would, he would spend a lot of time in his training and in his seminars talking about balance. Emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual balance. Those were the four areas that he talked about. You have to be emotionally, financially, physically, and spiritually in balance. Work on all four of those. You know, if you're, if you're unbalanced and you're living an unbalanced life, it's going to be tough. If you're working too much, it's hard. If you're too lazy and you're not working very much, it's going to be hard. If you're an emotional wreck, it's going to be hard. And if you're not spiritually in, ba- uh, sm- spiritually in balance, and like I said, I, I'm a Christian and I do read the Bible almost every day. Almost every day. I listen to the Bible. And I like to listen to the Bible at night. Um, I want the last thing that goes into my mind, I want that to be the Word of God. That's the last thing before I fall asleep. I want it to be the Word of God. And it just seems to help me sleep better. So what are you doing? And financial. You know, please, please stay in financial balance. You know, a lot of people talk about prepping and you know, you got to prep for this and prep for that. And you got to be a modern day survivalist. Survivalist. I think the most important thing that you need to prepare for is, is financial tragedy. And financial tragedy can be brought about by a lot of things. It can be brought about by loss of job. It can be brought about by an illness. Uh, many of you know, uh, in my past, not too long ago, I fought stage four cancer. I had lymphoma. I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And it was in stage four because it was in my bone marrow. And I went through 13 months of chemotherapy, stem cell transplant, even a brain surgery to remove a little tumor that was inside of my brain. And I was fighting this at the same time that my late wife was also fighting ALS. And I, I lost her in 2017. God has richly blessed me today. Uh, He's richly blessed me with my wife and my new family and everything. But I'm telling you, it's because I spiritually stayed in balance. I never gave up. I never gave up the faith. And I never will give up the faith. I heard it put in one of my Bible lessons. 
I heard it put this way about faith. Faith is believing in what you don't see. And then after faith, believing in what you don't see, the results of good faith is to see what you believe. Think about that. The result of good faith is you will see what you believe. There's many ways that I believe that you will see that. So please remember balance. That's all I have to say for you this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Tell other people about this show. Would you? Would you please tell everybody? Tell your family. You know, I try to keep this show clean. I try to keep it clean. There's no profanity in this show. So if you want to let your kids uh, or your teenagers or young people listen to this, I think the material is going to be good for them. If you want to get them a membership to my Patreon page, uh, those make great gifts. You know that? Memberships to my Patreon or Shooters Club page, those make great gifts for other people. You can sign up. You can create a password. They can log in um, and they can benefit from the material on there because of what you did. Tell people about my show. Tell people about my YouTube channel. That's how this continues to grow. In August of this year, I'm going to start my 14th year doing this show. 14 years almost. Unbelievable. So what's your feedback? You can email me, handgunworld at gmail.com. You can still call in voicemails, 210-646-1727, 210-646-1727. I'm always putting this show on social media, Facebook and Twitter is typically where I also post links. And I'd like to get your feedback. With all of this said, remember, shoot straight, shoot safe. Read your Bible every day and listen to this upcoming public service announcement. Goodbye. Well, yeah, it's getting tough out there. Yeah, no doubt. I work in home invasions mostly. Uh, Some murder, uh, occasional rape. uh, And I'm a huge advocate of gun control. Absolutely. Uh, Competition is stiff and it, it doesn't help that every time I kick in a door or smash a window that I face the possibility of being shot and killed. Listen, the fact is allowing citizens to own guns creates a hostile work environment for me and my associates. Uh, No one should have to work under, under those conditions. Uh, I say make them all illegal. Absolutely. Make all gun ownership illegal. I mean, I break the law for a living. I'm a professional, so it doesn't really bother me. I mean, but personally, knowing that most homeowners don't have guns, uh, that would make me a lot more comfortable, uh, more confident, and it would surely increase productivity. No doubt. No doubt. Your local violent criminals work hard and put their lives on the line every time they attempt to murder, rape, abduct, or assault a member of the citizenry. They desperately need your help. With your support, 
There may finally come a day when a violent criminal can have his way with you or someone you love without the fear, anxiety, and stress caused by knowing there's a possibility his victim might be armed. Please show your support by voting for stronger anti-gun legislation because criminals prefer unarmed citizens. Yeah.